Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. Joining me, as always, is my awesome co-host, the intellectual rock star himself, delicious Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. And forgive him for wearing that St. Louis Cardinals shirt because they are not the number one team in the NL Central right now. Look, I made, I, years ago, I made a deal with my wife. <laughs> if, she, if she would be a Packers fan, then I would be a Cardinals fan. So I'm trying to... I'm holding up my end of the deal. And let me check the standings because as of yesterday morning, the Reds, ah, oh, now they've fallen half a game out of first place now, but they were up in, they were in first place. They were on a 12 game winning streak. Well, yeah. And, and I don't know if you've seen Ellie De La Cruz, but that dude is an absolute. <laughs> You know, he's uh, he's only played in, I think, 17 games now. Already got three home runs. Uh, the other night against the Braves on Friday night, he hit for the cycle. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and my son and I actually went and watched them on Sunday. Now, they lost Saturday night and they lost Sunday night, uh, both to the Braves. Um, you know, I mean, and the Braves are a hot team right now. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still good games. The stadiums were, it was packed and got to admit, I mean, I, I'm kind of coming around the Reds, even though the Braves are actually kind of my team too. So I was like kind of torn, but you know, in the home, home stadium, you cheer for the home team. Yeah. You know, so if we were down in Atlanta, I'd probably be going for the Braves, you know, right. and funny thing is the Reds are actually playing my favorite team in the American league right now, the Orioles. And I'm like, what is oh, up with okay. this? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but they're in Baltimore. Uh, right now, and Baltimore just they, they beat them down like they stole something yesterday. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was pretty ugly. But but I'm pretty sure you know the people listening and watching didn't you know they didn't come to hear us talk about baseball. It just happens to be a thing because I saw yeah. that that got off a shirt you have on, and so I decided to you know. Of hey, course, I mean, would you, I, would you rather look at my St. Louis Cardinals T-shirt or would you rather look at my New York Yankees blanket that I usually have on the back of my chair? Uh. You know, I hope they both lose, but, <laughs> but you know, if you notice me, I've, I've got a super Mario shirt on. I see that. They, I see that. You can't hate Mario. <laughs> no. So, uh, especially here lately, I've been watching like history of the speed runs and it's amazing how. Yeah. You know, uh, and doing like the hundred percent speed runs and they're finishing That's crazy. Like, just over an hour. And I'm like, yeah, like so on super, like super Mario three, they're finishing just over an hour. Oh wow! Yeah, that's my fa- that's my favorite one is Mario oh, yeah. Three. Mario Three, it, it, for me, it's like a three way tie: Mario Three, Super Mario World, and Mario Sixty Four. Love those. See, I quit liking them when they. I quit liking them at sixty four. So you do like, like that one, or you don't like? It? I I don't like that one. I stopped, really? That's when that's when I stopped. Like basically, pretty much, that's when I stopped playing Mario. I played sixty four, and I didn't like it, and I just didn't. I, I guess I just don't like it in 3D, so to speak. I'd rather. Oh, be, gotcha. I, I prefer the side-scrolling platformer. Gotcha. Okay, um, it makes sense. I mean, everybody has kind of has their preferences, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and well, after that though, I mean, to me, <laughs> just kind of a side of age, starting to get too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all these buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but what we're going to talk about today. And the people who have been reading the subject, they already know what we're talking about, is 
Money in the Bank. And we're not given a preview of what we think is going to happen this coming Saturday. We're actually going to talk about the Money in the Bank match itself. Kind of the history of it, where it began. You know, we've done this before. I know we talked about like the evolution or what we call the de-evolution of WrestleMania. Yeah. You can find that in our archives on any audio platform that we're on. If we're not there, just let us know. <laughs> we'll do what we can to get ourselves at it. And, you know, and during this, because we have actually been talking about introducing a trivia element to the show, we're going to be sprinkling in some trivia. Actually, I say we, really, it's going to be me. I'm going to be throwing some trivia questions at Dwaylin because <laughs> he is the walking wrestling encyclopedia. That's really what WWE stands for. Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. So. I need a shirt. I need a shirt. This is it. <laughs> you know what? Um, we ought to add that you know, yeah. to, to our merchandise store at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. You can get the armchair booking t-shirts. You can get coffee mugs. You can get pillows like this one. Yes, I have an armchair booking pillow. See, it's on both sides. And I have the armchair booking, the tumbler, which you can't get anymore, sadly. There's armchair booking stickers. See? Huh? See? Both designs. I have actually had people request these, so I may actually order them in bulk. You know, so for people who would like to have those. And so all sorts of stuff you can get there at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. The link will also be in the show description. And if you're watching... On YouTube, you, you can actually see about every 10 minutes or so, the the link for that will scroll across the top, <coughs> as well as the email address, which is armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. So, but Money in the Bank is going to be happening this Saturday in London at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. So, five-hour time difference. I, I will probably be working, so I'll have to catch it that night. So <laughs> uh, I will make sure not to text you about any spoilers in. Okay, no, I have to the... try. I, I have to try to stay away from social media. Probably. <laughs> mainly, mainly Twitter is what I'll have to stay away from. Twitter and the group that we're in on Facebook called Just Wrestling with an Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, because our our good friend Johnny Valentine, Johnny V, he'll be posting mm-hmm. stuff in that because he's one of the admins for that. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, nobody's going to go. Well, you know what? Hold off. There's these yeah. guys, they don't want to look at it. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of it. So it's up to us to avoid it. We don't want so, like, so Facebook, Twitter, and ESPN, because ESPN sends yes. things. So I'm just going to, like, when my notifications come up, I'm just going to clear everything and keep, <laughs> keep going. Oh, oh, I had to stop um, getting notifications for Bleacher Report for the same reason. There was like mm-hmm. too many, there were spoilers. I mean, and they're not going to yeah. stop sending them. I mean, they're no, oh, no. So, yeah. But, First trivia question, and I'm going right off the Wikipedia page. Who actually came up with the concept of the Money in the Bank match? Chris Jericho. Yep. You win. <laughs> I don't know what the points go towards, but you win. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you happen to know the there was actually a writer, a WWE writer, who actually came up that with him? Mm. Freddie Prince Jr. Brian Gewertz. Hmm. Okay. I knew Freddie Prince Jr. was a writer for them for a little while. So yeah. 
Yep. Um, and yeah, Chris Jericho came up with the match, you know, the match idea. And, and that is one of those that I think either, it seems like every year they either do it really well or they do it really sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> and, what, what I like though, is they, they, he came up with the idea in real life. So they just carried it across to wrestling storyline and mm -hmm. he would, whenever he was in one, he would always say, you know, this was my idea. What sucks is his creation. And he's never, he and never, he's won never won one. It. <laughs> and which is pretty wild. And odds are he probably never will win one now. No, he, at this stage, I don't see him going back. No, um, I think he's considered persona non grata now <laughs> when it comes to the WWE because yeah. he, he jumped to AEW. He was one of their original like big stars. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Anything can happen though because I mean, Cody's back. Uh, so. True. So, um, but Jericho's out touring with Fozzie. So. Yeah, and and Jericho's. I mean, if Jericho comes comes back, it'll be. I see. I see it being for a Hall of Fame induction, not and that's true. Which they better put Jericho not a last in the run. Fame. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of Jericho, our friends Jamie and John from True Crime Cast, they're going to be on his show again here soon. They announced that oh, today. They? Uh, yep, they announced awesome. it today on the, on the podcast they just released. Uh, I need to ask them about. Hey, when are you going to be on there? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, do you know the exact date? Um, but what event did the Money in the Bank Money in, Yeah the Money in the Bank ladder match debut at? WrestleMania 21. Oh, good job. You know, because uh, not just WrestleMania, but nailed the, the actual 21 part. And because that was the one where Chris Jericho had his hand on the on the briefcase and Shelton Benjamin ran up the ladder and hit him with the clothesline. Oh, well, I, OK, I need to go back and watch that. Um, Yeah. Shelton Benjamin was the MVP of that that money, and he was the MVP of several Money in the Bank ladder matches. So, um, wow, you know, you watch you go Google MITB trivia, and you can find a whole lot of websites. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, let me see. Um, ah, uh, you see, I sucks. I'm trying to look at it on my phone so I could actually keep the computer free, mm -hmm. and. Because I actually had some had some questions and now I lost them, so I'm having to go back through again. Um. So, what year did it become its own separate pay per view? I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see. Five seconds. 2009. Close, 2010. Ah! <laughs> uh, so July 18th, 2010 at the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri, which is on the other side of the state from St. Louis, which, you know, mm. was where that god-awful shirt comes from. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, in Kansas City at the, the Sprint Center, and you would think that this article would actually, you know, it, it says who, who won them all and it says who was involved in them all. But it, except for it does the 
the pay-per-views, not the ones before it became mm. its own pay-per-view. Right. So I'm going to go look at all those. But uh, as far as like, you know, cash-ins, I mean, and we'll, we'll go through some more trivia here in a little bit about those. If you had to pick like a personal favorite cash-in, which one would it be? Dolph Ziggler. When he cashed in on Alberto Del Rio. That's still my that's still my okay. favorite one. Okay. And I'm looking to see which year that was. Uh wow, that was still when it was part of the WrestleMania then. Mm-hmm. Did No, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. Maybe. Was it still part of WrestleMania then? Well, I'm not seeing where Dolph Ziggler was the winner. Yep, there, never mind, there it was, yeah, in 2012. Was that the year that the Royal Rumble was 40 people instead of 30? Yes, because it, yep. was, Del it, was, Del Rio's, it was Del Rio's big push. Uh, yeah, Del Rio won it, won the 40-man, got the shot at the title, then faced Edge at WrestleMania in the opening match for the world title. Then Edge retired, and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Del Rio ended up with it, and yeah, Ziggler cashed in. And Dolph Ziggler, I mean, I really wish they would get him. I, I love watching Dolph Ziggler. I know for mm-hmm. whatever reason, it seems like WWE aren't high on him right now, and I don't get that. Yeah, I, they, it's like they've never pushed him as, like, the guy. I mean, he's been – World heavyweight champion, you know, he was NXT champion for a cup of coffee, but it's like they've never pushed him as the guy. And it's like, I don't know why, because his mic skills are good. His in-ring work is amazing. His selling is on par with Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels, Mm -hmm. the way he sells. And he's got, he's got everything you need. So I don't understand what the, what the issue is. Uh, Um, Good skill set. Yeah. You know, um, amazing athlete. I yeah. mean, you know, the zigzag, I think, is one of the most underrated moves out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, because that's a move, if you did that on somebody in real life, you'd probably break their neck. Yeah. You know, that's why yeah. it, it looks very, very legit and people just don't mm-hmm. use it. But everybody uses the sling blade. I'm not impressed with the sling blade. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a clothesline. It's a, it's interesting. Well, it's like when Finn Balor did it in when he was in New Japan, it looked rough. It looked it looked like it would hurt. But you know, WWE's got to put cold water on a lot of moves. So now it's like it looks like you just grab at the guy's head and the guy just falls back. It doesn't, you know, yeah. it doesn't look like it would hurt at all. It just looks like somebody was clumsy and couldn't keep their footing. Oh. And my favorite, as far as the cash ins, honestly, is probably um, Seth Rollins. That would be my number two. Yeah, the, yeah. the heist of the century, as Michael Cole yeah. called it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the heist of the century, yeah. and and not just because I predicted it either, because <laughs> that will always be. I'll you go, did call it. You did, did call, call it. it. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I texted you what, like two or three weeks before, and I said mm-hmm. Rollins is going to cash in. He hasn't. Yeah. You know, and then when they started talking about it, 
Like because he was getting I mean, because WrestleMania is in April and he had already had the briefcase since the previous July. So he was getting close to that year of, you know, you've got to cash it in within one year. Yeah. And yeah, but they had not really mentioned it. But then, you know, during his match with Randy Orton, of course, when Randy mm-hmm. Orton did, you know, one of the best RKOs ever. Oh, yeah. You know, that was just uh, amazing how he did that one when he uh, popped him up and whoop, boom, came yep. down. But they kept mentioning all oh, this. But Seth Rollins, you had the money in the bank winner. He's not cashed it in yet. Wink, wink, stomp, stomp. I know. It's like, <laughs> it's like, could you be any more obvious of what you're going to do when you're just <laughs> it's like, let's not be subtle. Let's just hit you with a brick. Here you go. Yeah. He's cashing in. Uh, now, the only thing I did get wrong is I said he was going to cash it in uh, after the match ended. Um, uh, yeah. I was not expecting him to cash in like middle of the match. Middle of the match. And end up making it a triple threat. But yeah. it genius move, but. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen this video. Well, sometimes they'll actually, they've enhanced the audio that the microphones mm-hmm. are picking up. And as Seth Rollins is pinning Roman Reigns, he said, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and so, I mean, he was a little bit of ring talk, which is funny because yeah. I, actually, I actually heard a little bit of ring talk this weekend at um, <laughs> the NWF show. Sometimes, that, some people I've seen on Twitter, and you know how Twitter is, uh, wrestling Twitter is, Terrible at times. They like to yeah. dislike to complain just to complain. But a lot of people complain about ring talk. It doesn't really bother me because it's like in this day and age, you know, everything is so there's so much technology. You're there's no way you're not gonna hear some of that. Right. So and for something like that, with him telling somebody that you know how much he appreciates them, you know, doing the job for him. Right. It's like I I like hearing stuff like that. Yep. And, you know, the one this weekend, um, the reason why I think, I mean, I heard it and, and, and I heard, hit me, spear. And, well, the guy hit him and he then he him. speared him. <laughs> and, but I think the reason why I heard it was because he had to say it a little loud because the crowd was getting very, very loud. Oh, okay. You know, um, funny thing is, uh, I've only heard Ring Talk, well, one other event. I actually heard heard it twice, and that's because the crowd was very, very quiet. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. You know, the crowd's a little bit too quiet, and just the way that was at a show in Mount Orb, when I heard somebody pushing somebody else into the ropes, and as the person was getting pushed in the ropes, I heard... um, reverse and sure enough yeah. came off and it was a reverse and then the other one was same guy that i heard uh, this past weekend was picking up a dude another guy in the like in the corner and the guy was kind of standing up and i heard him go not yet not yet not yet <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's because hey, of yeah and and i was happened to be sitting right by that corner and mm-hmm. it was just so quiet in there just the way you know, the crowd just wasn't as loud as what they normally were for what that or just the sound was just dissipating because the very open, um, well, actually the one in down in, down in Covington is also very open. So the sound right. just goes, it doesn't come back, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's the only time I heard it, but yeah. Um, but like I said, for Rollins to do that, you know, because they have microphones under the ring, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's so they could, the, the sound is picked up and amplified 
you know, yeah. like the actual slams and the slaps and, and, and mm-hmm. the thigh and the thigh slaps and, you know, and all that's picked up. It's not so they can actually listen to the talk. And, but that cash in when he did it, you know, and he got the title. As soon as the cash, in, I'm like, oh yeah, he's, he's champion. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, but, uh, quick trivia. What year did they have the first women's Money in the Bank match? Two thousand eighteen. Close. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> and who retrieved the briefcase in the women's match? In the women's James match? Ellsworth. Which is, <laughs> I, I get what they were going for because he yeah. was Carmella's lackey, and, and so he was going to go up there and get it. And if this had been four or five ladder matches in, you know that'd been one yeah. thing. But to have the first ever women's ladder match basically be won by a man is not a good, not a good look at all. No, and they knew that, and all the backlash they ended up having to redo it on SmackDown. Carmella still won, which. The I just didn't enjoy Carmella as champion. I didn't enjoy her, you know, whole run with the briefcase, which she's she's held it the longest of any woman who's ever won it. True. She was the first one, held it the longest before she cashed in. I did like the cash in because she cashed in on Charlotte. And anytime yep. people cash in on Charlotte, I'm always excited. Um, but then they've fed Oscar to her and I was like, well, nope, not for me. This <laughs> is mm. no. And in no in no reality is Carmella a match for Oscar. No. Now no. Carmella Carmella's <laughs> she's a lot better than I mean you know, she's she improved. Yeah. But there's there's improved here and there's Oscar yeah. <laughs> at the top of the food chain. And during that run where she had the briefcase, and of course when she had James Ellsworth with her, mm-hmm. um, there was actually something about wrestling, uh, kind of in general, that I, I had to explain to Avery because she was seeing, you know, Carmella first. You know, she was with, um, oh my God, Enzo and Big Cat. Yeah, yeah. And she was actually dating. She was actually. Dating Big Cass. Oh, she was, she was engaged to Big Cass. Oh, were they engaged? They oh, were okay. engaged. And, of course, then they broke up. And then it got ugly and, you know, made things awkward. And then he ended up getting booted from WWE for, you know, for um, drop kicking a little guy. That I always thought it was crappy that she didn't get called up with them because, I mean, she was part of the package. Well, she did, the- but they put her, they put them on, like, Raw and they put her on SmackDown. Yeah. Said, yeah, you're right, but they should have. Put, they should have put them together. together, yeah, because they were a very, very good trio. Mm-hmm. And but Avery was asking, why do they always put her with somebody else? They don't think she can do it on her own. I'm like, it's not her they're putting with somebody else. It's the people she's with need somebody, mm-hmm. and yep. she's good, really good at elevating people yeah. and actually helping them out. That's why. Especially on the heel side, she's good at getting that heel heat. Yeah, you know she so, knows how to be. She knows how to be just annoying enough to get the heel heat without dialing it too far up 
and just getting go away heat. There's a fine line between being an annoying heel and a go away heel. And she's, I think she walks, she, she's perfected that. Yep. And, you know, so Carmela took a little bit, but yeah, she did finally kind of grow on me a little bit. Um, you know, my wife didn't like her, you know, because so, I've, I've never been a big fan. I do like her submission, though. The Code of Silence. I do like that. Um, I still like um, Paige's better. <laughs> that, yeah. That, um, oh my God, what do they even call it now? Rampage. Ramp- okay, the Rampage. But when, yeah. because that one looks like, I'm like, that looks like that would legitimately hurt. Good luck getting that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, and even when she did it to somebody in the announce table, I'm like, I don't know why. It just seems like it adds to it, even though it's not uh, yeah. her, but. You know, uh, she hit she hit her move on the announce table. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, well the same year Carmella kind of got the briefcase that James Ellsworth went up the the ladder and got it for. That was also the year Baron Corbin won. Poor Baron Corbin. Yeah, and he is. He was of- still he was he was still in the lone wolf phase, which to me was working. They should have left that alone. And, you know, there was no better time if they were going to experiment and see how he would do in the main event scene. There was no better time than to pull the trigger considering the gender Mahal experiment was failing with him as WWE champion. So if I would have been the booker, I'd been like, okay, we tried it with gender. It didn't work out. But we've got, we haven't backed ourselves into a corner because we've got Corbin over here with the briefcase. So we've got it out. So just have Corbin cash in on gender and take the title. Even if he only holds it for, you know, even if he only pulls an edge when Edge first cashed his in and only hold it for like three weeks, you still achieved your goal. You tried, you tried something new. It didn't work. So you pivot and go with, you know, go with the up and coming guy that just came up from NXT and you've been doing a pretty decent push with him. And I found out he did get in trouble for getting into it with um, a member of the military that he didn't know was a member of the military when he got into an argument on Twitter. But what really got him in trouble was he got into an argument with a doctor who was downplaying concussion effects on football players really and baron corbin you know baron corbin played football yeah and he understands the severity of that so corbin was rightfully so was offended by that and him and this doctor got into this you know pretty decent pretty big disagreement and so corbin got punished because he went against what this doctor is saying, even though the doctor was wrong. And so he gets punished. So they have him cash in the briefcase and get rolled up by Jinder Mahal. Oh, and due, due to a John Cena distraction. Yep. And I remember when that happened, I'm like, okay, well, I guess his push is gone. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then and- they fed him the Cena at SummerSlam. Yep. And Cena just basically ran through him. And it's like, you had something good here. I mean, he had a good look, a good presence. You know, the whole, the music was good. The whole, you know, 
in today's is still one of the best finishers out there. Yep. Um, deep, it, deep, deep six. Is say, yeah, still the, set, one the of setup the, move. I couldn't remember the name of it, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it, deep it, six it, is still one of those best setups for it. And that's just a cool looking you. move. Yeah, you know? especially from a guy a guy his size. Yeah, I mean, dude is quick to be that to be that tall and that because I mean he he's so tall that people don't realize that that dude's about 250, 260 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just like six seven six eight, so it just <laughs> yeah. spreads out. But uh, yeah, I mean, but that's you know that's the sad tale of Baron Corbin's Money in the Bank run. It's like the company screwed him. Yep. For he, you know, he's standing up for him. He was standing up for himself, other football players, other wrestlers. Because this doctor's downplaying the effects of concussions in not just football, but all sports. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you can't, no. But and then WWE gets mad because he disagreed with the doctor and got into an argument with him over an extremely important issue. So he gets punished and gets his push wiped away. And he's never recovered from that. No, he hasn't. I mean... He was starting to get a little bit better. I mean, they had him as a corporate Corbin, which to me, okay, you say he's corporate, but yet you have the same backing video. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, that made no sense. The constable Corbin was just ridiculous. It was just dumb. Him getting three straight universal title matches was dumb because everybody knew Corbin was not winning the title. You, they don't stick. They don't call you constable and then turn around and say, "Oh, hey, we're going to make you world champion." No, they gave you a dumb gimmick and then sent yeah. you out there to die. Now, the King of the Ring, when he was King Corbin, I'm like, okay, it's annoying, but it's meant it's to be annoying, annoying. But it's supposed to be when you're a heel. Being the king is supposed to be annoying. So, yeah, it was there. Except problem with the king thing is that's how we got Shorty G. So. I can't because because they put him, you know, they put him in a feud with Chad Gable and the whole point of the feud was Corbin talking about how short he was. And so then they just repackaged Gable as shorty G you take an Olympic level technician who people don't understand. Chad Gable is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Mm -hmm. You take this guy with all this skill and all this talent, and just reduce him to something that would have that wouldn't have gotten over in the new generation era. And not only that, but one of the one of the first rules of doing a promo is you don't talk about their lack of size or how they're too big, like too fat, or how they're too mm-hmm. old, because that's yeah. You know, you but don't you've got Vince. Point. Vince uses his wrestlers at times to get his views on that particular wrestler out there. Like the, the worst example of that was the piggy James storyline with Michelle McCool and Layla versus Mickey James. And that was simply because Vince McMahon thought Mickey James had, uh, had gained too much weight and was not, and was not attractive. I don't know which Mickey James he was looking at, but that woman was hot. She's still hot. I don't know what he's looking at. Um, 
but he put that poor woman through all of that and bravo to her for you know going through that but it's like another example of how are people just okay with Vince McMahon when he has this history of degrading women I don't understand he, and people are just like oh well Vince McMahon's a, you know he, greatest thing since sliced bread no he's not honestly and I know we're kind of getting off on a little side tangent but I will compare Vince McMahon and the people who turn a blind eye because they're getting paychecks, fat paychecks, to Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, it was an open, yep. it was an open yep. secret until mm-hmm. finally somebody yeah. stepped yeah. up and, and somebody said, no didn't more. take the payoff, and yeah, and then of course then you find all these other ones who did take the payoff. Said, yeah, he did. Said, yeah, you still took the payoff. That's blood money, just like the ones exactly. That- it's like. My mom said the same thing about Bill Cosby. She's like, she's like, what he did to all those women was terrible, but the women that took the money, she's like, you can't take the money and then turn around 30 years later and, you know, go after him. It's like, you, you already took that check and cashed it. So, and and you let it happen to somebody. It's one thing. Exactly. And you, yeah, you know, and you I knew wanna... what was happening to other people, and you just let it happen because, oh well, I got I got a fat paycheck. Yeah, and I'm going to try to keep it from happening to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, that's exactly. that's just the way I am, and I know that's the way you are. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, you know. But back to you know the money in the bank. You know, speaking of payoffs, you know the um, <laughs> <laughs> so with um, Carmella and Baron Corbin winning. You know, both went in 2017. Carmella's was controversial because they had James Ellsworth. They had him walk up and get it. Now, I will say the next women's winner I was very much happy about because I am very big on her, on this woman anyway, even though she is well, kind of like Alexa Bliss. She's um, not wrestling right now for the same reason. You know, she got a little bit, a little bit of a bun in the oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss, Miss Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at mine. To see if it went off, <laughs> so, uh, but Miss Bliss, she won the next year, and wasn't that the year? That was in 2018. That was the year that it was Nia Jax and, and Ronda and Ronda. Yeah, and then. Yeah, uh, Nia Jax was the champion. Ronda was challenging. Bliss won. About an hour later, she comes out, beats the bejesus out of Ronda with that briefcase. With the briefcase. And then did the same to Nia Jax, and then pinned her and won. Yep. And did her move, the Twisted Bliss. Love that move. Yeah. Um, first person I saw do it was Too Cold Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love love the move when I designed a wrestler in 2K17, 18, whichever one it was. The first one that I had, I think it was 17. Uh, I actually made my wrestler's finishing move that. Uh, I did that, um, except I used, uh, he was the first person I ever saw do the 450. So I used yep, that. He was. Yep. So I used that as my finisher on my created character. So Tuco and- Scorpio does not get enough credit for his wrestling contributions either no he doesn't uh, i mean he the half line stuff he did uh, he was another one that's like i don't know why y'all bother having a mat he's not gonna be on it he's just gonna be in the air the whole time yeah 
And I mean, he was a decent sized guy. He wasn't like a cruiserweight. I mean, he was, you know, he was a big guy, but he was, he, he was move. actually, you know, yes. deceptively, you know, big because mm-hmm. I mean, because well, you, you put him up against all these other guys who are massive, but mm-hmm. just on his own. Yeah. He was a big dude and, yeah. and he could wrestle. He could have a good match. And there was a, a, I had this on VHS and it's somewhere, it probably in my garage somewhere. It um it was a WCW tape, and it was him and Benoit, and mm-hmm. I remember yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, and this was like 1992 Benoit, mm-hmm. and that match was something else. I mean, both and because you know Benoit could go. Everybody knew that. Oh yeah, yeah. And they uh, they did that. Uh, they revisited that match when they were both in ECW years really? down the line. Yeah, okay. it was even better than that one. Really, because you know how ha- you know how Heyman is. It's like there's no restrictions on his wrestlers. It's like right. you're good. Go out there and do it. Show them what you can do. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Scorpio could show. I mean, yeah, he was more than just a high flyer. I mean, he he had some mm-hmm. moves. And yeah. appar- apparently he was also double tough and was not afraid of anybody because when they had the North Korea tour, he was ready. He said he was going to kill Michael Hegstrand, also known as Road Warrior Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. Whatever beef they had. I mean, he was, I mean, and that was not a joke. He was going to kill him. He was going to jump him. And- oh yeah. He wasn't afraid. And a lot of people in the locker rooms were afraid of the road warriors, but mm-hmm. too cold was not. Um, okay, my daughter just texted me. She's working now at the Frisches in Batavia. Mm-hmm. And if you give the Frisches in Batavia a five star review, you get a like a free hot fudge sundae or Sunday mm-hmm. cake or whatever. Uh, which I'm like, really, Avery, I have diabetes and you're going to tempt me like that, but I may just do it anyway. She just texted us and said, Tell everybody in the family to come out to the Frisches tonight because so far they're kind of slow. She's only had one table. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, unlike this past Sunday, where my son and I went there after the Reds game and they were slammed. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, but she's enjoying it. She's making, you know, pretty good money off tips. And, you know, but anyway, um, the same night that Alexa Bliss won hers, Braun Strowman won, you know, the men's. Mm-hmm. And was that the year? Yeah. For me, the money in the bank, the concept is to me, I would go, you cash it in as a surprise. Yeah. You you catch the champion when they're vulnerable. Yes. You don't you don't go up to them and be like, here's where I'm ca- here's when and where I'm cashing in and give them time to prepare for you. Right. You it's it's a built-in sneak attack is basically what it is it's like it's you have the element of surprise and you remember when braun Strowman had it mm-hmm. and you know announced like a month ahead of time oh he's going to cash in you know and have his title match at um hell in, uh, hell in a cell it was him and yeah because the SummerSlam match he had, he came out at the beginning of the SummerSlam match and everybody thought, oh, he's gonna he's gonna cash it in, we're gonna get a triple threat, kind of like Seth Rollins did. And then he said, 
I'm cha- I'm next. I'm challenging the winner of this match. Roman beats Lesnar. Then he announces it the next night on Raw. I'm challenging you at Hell in a Cell. I'm cashing this in at Hell in a Cell. And then it was a wasted cash in because Lesnar broke into the cell, F5'd everybody in sight, and left. So the match ended up being a no contest, and Strowman just wasted a cash in. Yep. Because for whatever reason, Vince, you would think he would, would have loved Strowman as champion. Yeah, and he was but, over. He was so over. It was he was he was hotter than he had ever been before and has ever been since. That was the time to go with it. You know, and put the universal title on him. You know, the the get these hands catchphrases over. He was moving yes. merchandise like crazy. And Vince refused to take the title off Roman because he still wanted that John Cena replacement that he thought Roman was going to be. And it just didn't happen. Sidebar, Roman Reigns is now, quote unquote, the John Cena replacement that Vince wanted him to be, but as a heel. Because regardless of Roman as a heel, everybody loves Roman. And it's gotten to be where it's a big event when Roman shows up. Like, if he defends the title, it's a big event. If he's on a pay-per-view, it's a big event because he's – it's so infrequent now that he's become an attraction. I wouldn't – you know, they need to re- revamp that. I wouldn't say he's the new John Cena. He's the new superstar Billy Graham. That is true. That is true. Yeah, because But I'm just saying as far as popularity goes, yeah. yeah. Um he's but... he's that replacement for Cena being gone. But yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Superstar because... Billy Graham, yeah. That because... would be Billy Graham, he was putting butts in seats as a heel champion. Oh yeah. And he was and it's and he wasn't people weren't paying to see him get beat. People were paying to see him beat other people mm-hmm. and to see and to hear what what outlandish thing he had to say, see what he was wearing, all this stuff. It's like they were coming to see him. Yep. Because he was he was something new. He was a breath of fresh air. It's like you went from black and white to with Bruno to Live Technicolor with Superstar <laughs> yes. Billy Graham. <laughs> yes, with the tie-dye. The funny thing is, he was doing it in the, the 70s where tie-dye was kind of going away. You know, mm-hmm. that was more of a sick, but he kept it. I mean, he... Um, He's like, no, I'm going to... Yeah, I like this. Give me that back. Yeah. And, and it's like Roman. Went... It's like Cena. It's kind of like that with Roman and Cena. Cena got to that point where it was just like, same old, same old. And, yep. you know, and then... Roman flips the switch and turns into the tribal chief and is just, there's really no, no end to where he can take this with or without the title. He's built himself. And that's a testament to Roman. He has built this character into something that no longer needs the championship to be the most important thing in the company. Um, I'm looking now the next women's winner. This was in 2019. Do you remember who it was? Bailey. And I'm trying to remember what she did with it because that was all she she cashed in that night on Charlotte. 
Ah, okay. It was another one about an hour, hour and a half later after she won it, she cashed in. Okay, I couldn't. I for some reason I I didn't remember Bailey had won it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good. Because Bailey is the I'm trying to think. Has Bailey won the women's rumble? Um, you know what? Um, I don't think she has. That's the only thing she's missing because she's of of active championships. She has been the NXT Women's Champion, Raw, SmackDown, Tag Champion, won Money in the Bank. The only person that's done done all of them is Asuka. Because yeah. Asuka won the Women's Rumble. She was the first winner of the Women's Rumble. And because Asuka is just awesome. Exactly. Um, and I do like Bailey. Um, oh, okay, I'm reading it. Yeah, she won in 20 seconds over Charlotte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. She cashed in real quick. Yeah. Uh, now, how do you feel about when they cash in same night? Okay, like, and here's why, and it's it's sad that it has to be like this. With the women's division, I prefer them to cash in because the longer they hold on to it, the worse they get booked. True. So I would rather them cash in the same night or the next night on Raw and then build the rain from there instead of them holding it for 200-plus days and get booked to lose constantly. Because, you know, the, the the foundation of the women's division is still kind of fragile. And the booking is hit or miss. And I always get worried when somebody holds, especially if one of the women's to hold the briefcase for a while, it's like, how bad are they going to screw this up? Because history <laughs> yeah. has shown that they are masters of screwing of screwing it up. And but I, I I don't have a problem with them with the women cashing in the you know the same day or the next night on Raw. I don't I don't mind the men doing it either. But the only one that I can think of that's done it on the same show, take that back two. Kane did it to Rey Mysterio when the year Kane won, and Ambrose did it to Seth. Yep. Um yeah, because that was that night. All three members of the Shield at some point held the world title. Yep, and the only, that's the only time in only time in wrestling history that I can think of that all three members of a faction were world champion on the same night. On the same night, you know, and good luck trying to get another scenario where that would happen again. <laughs> where that worked you know, out, yeah. Even doing yeah. the money in the bank, you know, yeah. again. Because Roman, because um, Roman was about to do thirty. Roman got suspended for thirty days, so he drops the title to Seth. That way, to get the title off Roman, and then Dean cashes in on Seth, which, which the story came full circle from where Seth stabbed him in the back and broke up the shield. Now Sheamus, and a lot of people forget about this. In twenty fifteen, you know, Sheamus won it, and then he Ooh, ended up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ended up. He ended up beating Roman for the title. It was a Survivor Series, wasn't it? That's right. He cashed in. Yeah, yeah. He cashed in at Survivor Series, like right after Roman beat Dean to win the vacant title. It's when Seth, it's when Seth's knee, when Seth blew his knee out. 
Uh, yes, um, that's right. And and had to forfeit the title. And so they had a little mini tournament, and it was Roman and Dean in the finals. Honestly, I was hoping they put it on Dean, but, of course, they went with Roman and then had Sheamus come out and cash in right when Roman's celebrating and all the ticker tapes coming down and all that, and then he hits a brogue kick, and that's it. And Triple H was not happy with that booking either because you really? could tell – Triple H raised his hand, but you could see it all over his face. Like, who booked this crap? <laughs> <laughs> now, when Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds or whatever it was at that one WrestleMania, mm-hmm. I guess I guess he had not won a Money in the Bank for that. No, he didn't. Yeah, that, he was had won- normal, that was a normal match. Never mind. That was the Rumble. Yeah. That's when he won the Rumble. He, he won the Rumble That's right. and, and picked the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, which that that match, at the time, I was furious because it's like, you know, I wasn't a huge Sheamus fan then. You know, I like the broke kick, but, you know, I wasn't a big fan of his, but I was a big fan of Daniel Bryan because I'd watched him through Ring of Honor and the Indies and different things. And I just thought a guy with that talent, it was disrespectful just to have him lose that quick. But it ended up being a blessing in disguise because it it got him over. And it is Seamus. He's one of those that's like, mm, yeah, you know. I mean, I like I he, like his his style is just brutal. Which mm-hmm. and I and I'm fine with that. I mean, everybody's got to have their style. I mean, he but he's very very brutal. Yeah, like and, I like I like. Seamus right now like the way yeah. he's been booked like last year and this year uh, this I actually like Seamus and his like his match with, with Walter last year at I know they say Gunther but I'm still gonna say Walter yeah whatever. but uh <laughs> but his match with Walter last year was awesome that to me that was that was match of the night when right. he had that match at uh, Clash at the Castle and you know, I think that was one of the ones we even said before they even had the event. That was probably going to be the match of the night, the match to mm-hmm. watch. Period. Oh yeah, because one we were looking forward to the most. And, yeah, and it definitely delivered. <laughs> and you saw, I mean, it was all over Twitter, like just nothing but praise for that match. And speaking of speaking of Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson mm-hmm. leads back to Money in the Bank because he won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think what year. Uh, I know he won it, and then that December, he cashed in on the big show. It was a T. It was I think it was a, T, a TLC because Big Show beat Mark Henry for the World Heavyweight Title because Mark Henry was injured and they had to get the belt mm-hmm. off of him. Daniel Bryan cashed in on Big Show because. Uh, Mark Henry gave Big Show the world's strongest slam on a sack of chairs. And then Daniel Bryan (laughs) snuck in, cashed it in, and pinned him. Gets on the announce table, and he was still considered a face then. Uh, But he had been showing a little bit of heelish tendencies. He gets on the announce table. He's pretty much putting the belt in Michael Cole's face. Like, ha-ha, I did it, because Michael Cole had been trashing him since NXT, Michael Cole had been instructed to just talk crap about Daniel Bryan from the time he was in NXT all the way through until he cashed in and won the title. 
and you know everybody's cheering and it's like oh the baby face won and then like he flipped the switch and was like uh i didn't do this for any of you i did this for me and he immediately turned turned heel (laughs) and it was it was amazing and what i'm getting at though is you know he's a former money in the bank winner with a successful cash in i've watched him for a long time daniel bryan in my opinion and i'm sure you saw the what i put on facebook is the best wrestler in the world. The man wrestled 20 minutes with a broken forearm. Yeah. He went 30 minutes with Okada, broke his forearm in the first 10 minutes, and went 20 more minutes with a broken forearm. And, and people was- could. And the thing is, people have been on Twitter like, or like I've watched, I've gone back and watched this again, and I can't see where he's carrying it like he's injured. That's how good he is. He hit it and nobody, you know, he hit a broken forearm for 20 minutes and nobody knew. Nobody knew until oh. the presser at the, you know, the press conference after the show when he said he broke his, he broke his forearm. And, you know, we had this discussion before we started recording about broken bones, oddly enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because my wife right now, she had, she has a stress fracture in her heel. You know, so she has to stay off her feet. She's wearing the boot. And I made the comment, but yeah, she went, uh, she was almost 45 years old before she had a first broken bone. And then you revealed that uh, you're almost 50 and have never had a broken bone. Um, And I first broke, I first broke a bone when I was, I think, 12. You know, um, (laughs) may have been 13. It was when I, actually, you know what? I think I was 13. I broke my hand in a bicycle wreck uh, Mm because that's what you do when you're 13 is you, you know, you have bicycle wrecks and you break a bone. And um, popped a wheelie on the bike, and as I popped the wheelie, the front wheel came off. I don't know if something happened, and the yeah. nuts had loosened up because I was I'd been jumping off ramps and things like that before that. Well, the wheel came off, and at that moment, it's like, what do you do? Of course, I came down, slammed my hand on the on the pavement, on the asphalt, the road, broke my hand. Now, and then a couple years later, actually we went to Hopkinsville, another bike wreck. Bunny mm-hmm. hopped to ten speed, never do that. Mm-hmm. The front wheel went whoop like that and of course now the the front wheel is no longer round it is now in an egg shape and of course it made the whole bike flip right and right. i went over broke my collarbone um i can tell you i've also broken my coccyx i can um yeah the, your tailbone i broke my butt yeah. you know um i've broken that there's nothing they could do about it just mm-hmm. you no know, here has some uh, some ibuprofen or what the military call it vitamin m you have your motrin and you know, because that's you get a lot of ibuprofen in the military. I just feel like that. But, yeah. Um, you know, I've cracked ribs. We've talked about that too. Uh, and I can tell you, broken bones do not feel good. I can tell you, if I broke my forearm, I wouldn't be doing anything for the next twenty minutes except for maybe cry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan, for him to break a forearm in that match and still keep going, and you got to think—I mean, your forearm. Mm-hmm. Think about all the things that you do, you know, and if it's your dominant hand, I mean, how do you, um, how do you do anything after that? You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But so this, um, this upcoming money in the bank, we would definitely give a preview on that. Probably. I'm going to guess probably Thursday. Probably. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, we're about to wrap this up. Um, 
But I will say the one I did not like when he won it was just because the way he won it was Brock. Sorry, Kyle. I know you love Beatbox Brock. Brock. I wasn't. Oh, it was just because of the way that he entered it the very last minute. Like, and I loved the personality he showed with the Beatbox, where the briefcase was a a boombox and all that. But yeah, I did not like. I didn't like it made Mustafa Ali look like an idiot Mm -hmm. because he's standing there. Brock's music hits, and it's like, okay, I know the beast is coming. Let me unhook this real quick and get out of here. Yeah. Instead, he just stands there with his hand on the briefcase and watches Brock come through about kill a cameraman and then throw him off the ladder. It's like, who booked this? Vince McMahon. It's like Brock wasn't even in the match. So it's like you let all these guys go out and, you know, put their bodies through this just for Brock to walk out, climb the ladder and, and grab it. Um, I did like when Big E held it because he was just funny. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> I, I loved loved that, and I love the cash in on uh, I love the cash in on Bobby Lashley. Um, yep. There's three men have cashed in twice: Edge, CM Punk, and The Miz. Yep, because Miz Miz beat Otis, which Otis should have never won the Money in the Bank. Yeah. Anyway, and honestly, I think that was a mistake. I think AJ was supposed to get it, and something and it messed fell, up. And, and it fell, and it on his fell. It, yeah, and Otis <laughs> caught it and was just like, oh, well, it's just like the year John Cena won it, who should never have been in it, because John Cena does not need no, the money in the bank to to get a title shot. He just walks up and say, hey, I want a shot at the championship, and that's how he gets his matches. But he went to hit the big show with it, and it just came off in his hand. And I don't think he was supposed to win that either. Oh, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> but Punk is ca- Punk cashed in on Edge the first time, and then Jeff Hardy the second time. And then Edge cashed in on John Cena the first time, and then The Undertaker the second time. The second time he got it, Mr. Kennedy got an injury that they thought they thought it was a bicep tear. He had won money in the bank at WrestleMania 22. They thought it was, no, not 22, 23, because Van Dam won at 22, because Van Dam cashed in at one night stand that year and beat Cena. Um, the next year, um, Kennedy wins. They think he's got a bicep tear, so they need to get the briefcase off of him. But it was a mistake by the doctor. It What it was was a hematoma, which was only going to take four to six weeks to heal up torn bicep he'd been out nine nine to 12 months mm-hmm. so mistake by the doctor cost him money in the bank because by the time they found out that the doctor had made a mistake edge had already beat him for the briefcase um and, right, go ahead and then the miz cashed in on randy orton the first time that was the year he won the title went to wrestlemania and actually main evented and won which made no sense but, and then he cashed in on Drew McIntyre and then held it for six days. And then Bobby Lashley killed him and took, <laughs> took the title. <laughs> I mean, I like the Miz and all, but Bobby Lashley, yeah. they, they've been misusing. I know, I know we got hurt the one time, you know, okay, mm-hmm. which, which sucks. But still. But, um, and then Liv Morgan 
they booked her horribly after she won it. Oh yeah, they booked her. They booked her like trash, and it, um, like that. It it was awesome to see her win it, mm-hmm. and I loved Michael Cole because he was that was genuine excitement for her from him, and but then they just booked they booked her terribly. Uh, Nikki Ash, when she won it, I was like, okay, this will be good, and she cashed in, and then they made her start looking weak. I mean, it was oh. Yeah, extremely weak. They just yeah. they booked her. I mean, she just she lost all the time, you know. And then she dropped the title back to Charlotte. Everybody that's cashed in on Charlotte has lost the title back to Charlotte. So she is like her dad. Yes. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, you can take my championship, but I know you're going to have to give it back. So. But honestly, worse than Corbin's cash in was Theory's last year. Oh, we cashed in on the U.S. title. It oh didn't, even, didn't even need to cash in because it was an no, open challenge. It was an open challenge, but it's like, that's I'm called. Cash this in. It's like, you know, open cha- I'm going to put this briefcase in my locker for yeah, a little bit unless I exactly. hit you with it, you know? Yeah. And it's a and, triple threat. So there was no, you know, because he had an open challenge. So it ended up being him and Seth and Bobby Lashley. And it was like, you got triple threat conditions. There's no disqualifications. Beat the crap up of them with the briefcase, win the title, and not and save your cash in for Roman, which is where you should have been trying to cash in to begin with. Yeah, the only I mean, now granted, like I said, if our truth would have got it, he would have cashed in the twenty four seven title, but that would have been funny because that's our that would have been good because that's our truth. <laughs> that's yeah. our truth. He's awesome. Yeah. So hey, our truth has done everything. He's already been a world champion. He's like, you know twice. what? I'm, twice. I'm not and he here. Held it. And he held the belt that's behind you at the bottom, the there 10 pounds. The 10 pounds. And like I said, that one's more like eight pounds of brass, trust me. <laughs> you know, But it's autographed by Tommy Rich and Dan Severn. Hey, so yeah. there you go. Uh, for people watching on YouTube, you may notice there's a change back there. I actually got a corner shelf. I'm able to actually put those two belts on, you know, and my cubes are still right there. So, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Give shout outs real quick to Ted the Hillbilly Hill, to uh, BC Hunter at uh, Wrestling with the Truth, to all the guys at Finish Your Wrestling. Love all you guys. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about collaborating with everybody. I, I, at least I know we've actually talked about again about collaborating, hopefully, Wrestling with the Truth. But I know we've got some stuff in the works with Ted. We've, we're talking about collabing again with um, Finish Your Wrestling going on their show. You know, because that was an awesome show when they were on Iris, and so we got to return mm-hmm. the favor. That, that's just that's just how it goes. Podcast community, especially yep. the wrestling podcast community. Give a shout out to the Dad World Order. Uh, they actually were not there this Saturday. I was kind of disappointed I didn't get a chance to see mm. them. You know, um, but you know they were doing they were doing some other stuff involving wrestling. That's just how they roll. You know, right. so uh, more awesome guys. So uh, we will we're planning on having a preview show probably thursday i think if not thursday then maybe friday at the latest um hopefully because we definitely got to get before saturday oh Um, yeah yep but you know i'm gonna have to bid dwaylon and that god awful shirt uh farewell for now (laughs) you know my son hates the cardinals by the way yeah i know red's game he ever watched was against the cardinals cardinals won (laughs) he's hated them ever since yeah that's just that's just the way you know logic works but until we can actually talk again my friend i'll just say goodbye (laughs) And God bless. God bless.